It's a trap! Hello and welcome to Radio TCX, your weekly source for X-Wing news and strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Carson Ray. Hey, everybody. Great day to talk about X-Wing. And John McDermott. Hello. And this week, uh, we have, you know, we're going to keep it a little bit simpler. So the last couple episodes, we were talking about the uh, July points update. Those ones ran a little bit long. Uh, so this week, we're going to focus entirely on the top half of a quick build card that Fantasy Flight spoiled for the Lat Gunship. So go over all the details there. And if we have a little bit of time at the end, we'll also talk about the preview article for the Z-Class shuttle. All right, Tim. So we actually want people to listen to our episodes. Um, so let's let's just talk about the, the Z-Class shuttle. Okay, but can we do like 10 minutes on the half a quick build card? No, because quick build cards aren't content. Okay, but it's just gonna be you. That's all. That's all on you. I'm okay. I'm so stay after, after the, that. Stay after the credits for ten minutes of me talking about the quick build card. Anyway, let's talk about the Z class here. All right. So the lat. Sorry, the Z class shuttle. <laughs> uh, this is a new ship coming out here. Uh, part of the first half of Wave Seven. New first order ship. It's on a medium base. And uh, this thing's exciting. It's like a little baby Lambda shuttle for the First Order. Hey, Tim, how how many days old were you when you found out that it was on a medium base? <laughs> All right. Well, I may or may not have misidentified the ship as a small base in our initial notes, but that was a secret that I told you in confidence, Carson. All right. How dare you? It would be a small base in first edition, Tim. It's okay. Right. Can we just like, can that be the scale every time a medium base comes out? That'll be a segment we do. Would this be a large base or a small base in first edition? So I think this one would very easily be a small base in first edition, right? Probably. But uh, I mean, if the uh, timeline that FFG provided actually stays on track, we're going to have this ship pretty soon, like in the next three, four weeks here, I think. That's a big if. But yeah, I think they posted the release date as. Uh, September 25th, which is weirdly specific for them. So I'm hoping that means that'll actually be the release date. Yeah, and, and they better stick to that date because otherwise my resistance box might be delayed after that, and that's that's going to be a tragedy. And I, I don't have a lot of confidence after the July-June points update, but I'll hold out hope for this one. Uh, th- this ship looks pretty cool. Um, so pretty straightforward stat line, two attack, out of front firing arc, two agility, five hull, and two shields. So uh, reasonably tough there. It looks like this one is going to be a support ship, um, just from what we can tell from its action selection and its dial. It's got access to a focus action, a red lock action, which we don't see that often, a red coordinate, and a white jam action. Yeah, um, it's great to have that awesome action spread there because, you know, two attack dice out of a medium base ship, like, that's, that's pretty weak. But... Having access to that red coordinate and the white jam, um, that's going to be awesome. Well, and even before looking at any of the upgrade cards, because they did actually spoil a lot, it looks like this is, pack is going to be pretty jam-packed with new cards. Um, that red coordinate, though, is a huge deal for First Order players. I think I'm really excited about it. 
um, because obviously ships like the TIE Silencer and the TIE BA Interceptor benefit a lot from ships with coordinate. But in the faction so far, all we've had is the Upsilon, which comes at a reasonably high like base cost just to get that in the faction. So I'm assuming this ship will be at least slightly cheaper since it doesn't have four attack dice. Um, so I think this will be hopefully a good coordinate option to support some of those AC ships. Well, coordinating a silencer is going to be great because they have all those blue maneuvers and the ability to link their action. So you can get a lot of action efficiency and mobility out of those silencers when you put one of these Z-class shuttles in your list. And of course, if you want to maximize the value of your coordinate, you could always take the tactical officer upgrade, you know, make that uh, coordinate white. Um, Not that it'll necessarily need a white coordinate because this ship has a pretty decent dial, actually. Yeah, this one actually kind of surprised me, too, because um, the dial is structured very much like any other support ship you'd see, so not a lot of great options on, like, the hard turns here. Um, But you actually get a decent amount of blue on this one. Yeah, kind of starting at the low end, you do see a red stop here. Uh, Pretty good. You know, there's some tech upgrades that allow you to do actions even while you have stress tokens, so potential options there. I think what really looks good on this ship is the fact that after that red stop, you have a one forward and one banks that are blue. And I think that one bank blue, that's pretty rare actually for ships that have that hard stop. So you can kind of move slow and still clear your stress and be able to coordinate your ships. Well, and I think that's going to be important because keeping ships in arc um, with a medium base, especially when you just have that forward firing arc, that's going to be a little tough. And so you do need some mobility here on that dial. Um, and having that one bank blue is great. You know, we look at the two speeds, they got them all, um, plus two straights and two banks are blue. One of the things about this dial, though, that makes it interesting to me, though, is actually you actually can move pretty quick. So it is a medium base, so it'll move a little bit further, obviously, than a small base. And this ship still has uh, white three straight and three banks, as well as a white four straight. So you actually have a really good diversity of speed options here. So all the way down from a stop up to a four straight, is uh, really good speed control. So that's going to play out really well on the table because, I mean, anytime you can control your speed, sometimes the support ships that have more limited dials become a lot more predictable because their options are so limited. But if you're not stressed here, who knows where you're going to end up? Yeah, I I think that four straight is going to be a pretty common maneuver, you know, just shooting up the side of the board with your other ships. You're not going to want to be coordinating that much because you're going to want to keep that four straight or three bank open. And then once you get into the fight, you know, you're going to slow it down, use that coordinate, uh, perhaps red lock, and then um, utilize those blue maneuvers a bit more. Well, and having the speed is really important, too, if you're going to be supporting aces with coordinate, because if you can't keep up with your aces, you might as, not, might as well not be there, because you need to stay within that range, too, so you can pull off those coordinates. Honestly, this is the dial I wish the Reaper had. It'd be so much better than the one it's got now. Yeah, but the Reaper does get a free move. Um, I think you're just jaded against TIE Reapers, or maybe five TIE Reapers specifically. I'm not sure. Just five. One is fine. (laughs) Uh, Let's look at some of the cards coming with this expansion, because it's really interesting. There is a collection of crew card options here that are very uh, narrative-focused. A couple of flip cards here, double-sided cards. Yeah, I think in general... I tend to be a little bit wary of flip cards just because like the flip sides can be so hit or miss, but 
there's some pretty interesting ones here. So kind of looking at the first one, we have uh, Commander Malaris, who we saw as a pilot added to the First Order faction in the pilot pack, but now appearing as a crew card in the Z-Class shuttle. All right, before we read the card, John, as our lore master, tell me, who is Commander Malaris? So Commander Malaris is from the uh, Alphabet Squadron books, which I think came out earlier this year. Um, so she is a First Order commander, and uh, she, yeah, that's about all that really matters, I think. I haven't read the book. I just know that she's in it, and I'm pretty sure she's addicted to Glitter Stim. That's, like, not a secret, <laughs> so. And that's why she becomes perfected over time, just more and more Glitter Stim? Correct. I know a lot of IG-88 units that would confirm that. I had, I think, when I, back when I was playing yeah. my uh, Star Wars RPG group back in the day with Edge of the Empire, I had a player who, because I was GMing the thing, and I had a player who, uh, as part of like a grift, took some Glitter Stim, and I had them make a roll about it, and they accidentally, by doing the grift, became addicted to Glitter Stim, and it like became this multi-session like, plot point of them trying to overcome that. It was really interesting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she did so much of the drug that, like, it enhanced her, like, body mass, so she's just, like, more muscular, and, like, she doesn't age, and I think she's got, like, a permanently, like, discolored eye from all the use of the narcotics. That's, so that's kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> Sounds pretty rad. Let's see if that's actually reflected in uh, the way her card's written out here. So, on the uh, setup side, equip this side face up, Commander Malaris reads... While a friendly non-limited ship at range 0 to 1 performs a primary attack, that ship may re-roll one blank result. If it does and the attack does not hit, you must flip this card. So a little bit of modification there for nearby ships. Yeah, I think kind of seeing the trend here with some other stuff in 2nd edition, there's a lot of text on this card, but it's not very complicated. It's a pretty straightforward ability. Um I mean, you're not looking for multiple clauses here. It's just this thing happens, and then, you know, if it doesn't, you flip this card. So pretty simple. Yeah, and we complain about card text sometimes, but there, like, there's a limit because sometimes for the sake of the rules, it is better to have it all written out very clearly like that. And functionally, I think this is a pretty easy ability to understand. So having a lot of card text isn't a big deal there. It, it gets me when the, there's a lot of card text and also the ability is confusing. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of problematic. But you can flip over if you uh, if that attack doesn't hit. You flip over to Commander Malaris, parentheses, perfected. While you perform an attack, if the defender is in your bullseye, you must convert all focus results to hit results and gain one stress token. Then, if you have two or more stress tokens, suffer one regular damage. So the first part of that ability is basically just Glitter Stim, right? If I remember correctly? Uh, yeah, yeah, for in your bullseye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which maybe goes to her eye, like they have to be right in front of her. Um, I like that. It's thematic. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and you do get a stress token, so that's, yeah, that's exactly Glitter Stim there. And it connects the theme with the mechanics of the game, which is pretty cool. Like, there's a strong narrative thread to this card, which is pretty awesome. Um, I think it is kind of weird because we see the card on the flip sides flip from a support ability into more of a uh, individual ship-focused ability which is pretty interesting. Like she gives up on the other ships and just focuses on destroying things herself. Yeah, I mean, if we're just thinking about putting Commander Malaris in this Z-Class shuttle, 
I think I want to keep her on the front side as long as possible, you know, boosting the offense of my other ships. That's tricky, though, because it flips as soon as one of those attacks don't hit. Right, but, I mean, you are getting a reroll. I mean, you get to choose when you do it as well. I think this would be really good on the Upsilon shuttle, too, actually. You know, because if you take some, like, smaller ships with, you know, less attacks and you have her on the support side, you know, if you're shooting at a ship with some FOs or some SFs without the gunner, maybe you're, you know, not likely to hit as much, but then when it does end up flipping... You've got a really strong offensive ability for a ship that has a higher offensive output, which could be pretty good. Yeah, but don't you think the problem is, though, with putting this on any ship that doesn't have any repositioning makes it really hard to pull off? Because you do have to line up that bullseye for the perfected side. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of a waste. I feel like that is kind of a, a squad building limitation here is that whatever ship you put this on, you have to acknowledge that since you have to flip it, if the support ability misses... Um, you'll go over to a bullseye ability and you want to have a ship that can actually utilize that. Well, but okay, so let's think about that opening round of combat where you have, let's say, two other, two or three other ships um, near your ship that you have Commander Malarus on. Um, they're all within range. I mean, you could proc that a bunch of times. You know, as long as this card doesn't flip, as long as those each attack keeps hitting, and you can just really lay on the damage here. It, it's it's kind of interesting actually like i can kind of see it from an angle of like this card could be good against any type of enemy so like if you're shooting at an enemy with a lower agility then you're going to get a lot more value out of the front side getting re-rolls for your other non-limited ships because if they re-roll and it's a target that's got low agility they're more likely to hit but if you're dealing with like a, a handful of ships where you're you know the volume of ships isn't paying off you need like one really good shot then actually the perfected side might be better for you because you just need like one really good modified shot, not a bunch of smaller, slightly modified shots. So it kind of works for either opponent type, right? Yeah, I mean, I, this looks like a pretty cool card. I'm curious about the price point because like there is some volatility in how useful it is, but it also seems like there's a lot of upside if you keep getting lucky and your attacks keep connecting. Like this is a lot of modification for your whole uh, list. So price point wise, where I I don't know this would be sub ten I think for sure. I'm thinking six, five or six, six or seven. Yeah, yeah. somewhere in the five ish range I think. Um, it looks like a pretty good upgrade at that price point. Just kind of like the limits too of there's not currently a, a first order ship right that has a repositioning ability that could use this. Right, there's no small base crew carrier. We have another named uh, crew card here, Agent Terex. This one's also double-sided. John, you're the lore master. Tell us where Terex is from, because I'm not familiar. So I believe Terex is from the Poe Dameron comics. Uh, he was in. He was initially a stormtrooper, actually, under the Galactic Empire, and then became the leader of like a gang. Huh, and then, whatever happened to those guys? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but eventually ended up like, you know, kind of wanted to redeem the empire, join the first order and became part of their, um, security bureau. And then, uh, kind of runs around with Malaris and does some stuff, hates Poe, hates the resistance. So, oh, but we love Poe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, <clears throat> now this guy looks pretty cool. Yeah, this one's interesting. So Agent Terex on the uh, front side, the setup side, equip this side face up and place three calculate tokens on this card. 
At the start of the engagement phase, you may choose a friendly ship at range 0 to 3 and remove one Calculate token from this card to have that ship gain a matching token. Then, if there are no Calculate tokens on this card, flip it. Yeah, I mean, so this seems interesting. Like, it's kind of, you know, giving out free tokens. Feels kind of scummy, actually, which is interesting. Um, it, this you mean really Separatist. Like... This feels like a Separatist... Um, <laughs> what is those... They're really? they're really good upgrade card. Tactical relay. Yes. Kind this of, feels like I a tactical suppose. relay card. You get a calculate. You get a calculate. You get a calculate. I mean, this ability is just straight up good on its own, right? So extra modification, even if it's just a calculate token, is huge. This happens at the start of the engagement phase, so before people shoot, so you can give it to someone for either offensive or defensive modification. Yeah, and then that on its own, I feel like, is pretty good. Like, if that was just the whole upgrade card, that seems solid. The only thing about this ability that really bothers me, and it's really just kind of a a writing thing, I guess, is when it says, remove one calculate token from this card to have that ship gain a matching token. I know, just give it to him. Why not just say, have that ship get, like gain a calculate token? It just seems unnecessarily like wordy. <laughs> it annoys me. Oh, that is kind of weird. And is there a reason this isn't charges? No. <laughs> because literally what you're going to be doing is picking up a calculate from this card and moving it to one of your ships. So they Yes, just... 100%. I wonder what... like. I mean, I... maybe if there's an ability coming somewhere down the pipeline that allows the First Order to regenerate charges somehow, then you're not having like an endless supply of calculate tokens. Right, they want this to be finite. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind. Of, it's a it's an absolute decision of like we want it to only be three calculate tokens ever and never get tweaked. Okay, I can believe that. I think that's an optimistic look at it. The calculates also fit thematically with his character as well. Because apparently he becomes a cyborg. That's all I <laughs> yep, know from the, reading this card. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other side here. Agent Terex parentheses cyborg. Uh, this ability is a little more volatile. During the system phase, roll one attack die. On a hit or crit result, gain one calculate token. Otherwise, gain one jam token. And then this also gives you the action header. Transfer one calculate token or one jam token to a ship at range zero to three. Uh, okay, this is pretty spicy. Yeah, well, first I was like, whoa, we're just gaining a jam token? That sucks. Uh, don't want that. But then I get to throw it. I'm just going to yeet it at another ship. Um that seems pretty awesome. This card looks like a lot of fun. I mean, flip side, just here you go, get a calculate. And now, I don't know, am I going to get a calculate or have to pass off this jam? Who knows? Well, so it's, it's got the dual function thing going on where it's both a control card and it's a support card. Um, the jam passing is interesting. So you get the jam token potentially at the start of the system phase. So it kind of forces your action options because if you were to take any other kind of token option, you're going to end up losing that token to the jam. So you're kind of forced to take the transfer option, right? If you do end up getting that jam token. Yeah. Um, unless you want to, like, coordinate. Yeah, I guess if you just run enough Z classes, you can just coordinate a different action to it. Right. Well, um, you know, this guy's either going on a Z or an Upsilon. Um, I actually think this is pretty awesome on an Upsilon because, like... You could get that calculate, and then, you know, then you take a lock, and you have a plenty of modification for that four dice attack. Or you get that jam, and you get to throw it out all the way to range three, and then whatever you shoot at doesn't get uh, defensive mods, which seems great. Yeah, that seems fine too. 
Either way, I'm actually, I think I'm slightly more excited for Agent Terex than I am for Commander Malarus. Malarus looks interesting, but I can see myself running Terex right away. What I like about both of these is like, these look like fun cards on the table. Um, there's some volatility in each of them. Um, a little bit more on Malarus than Terex, but um, I think that makes it for an exciting new element to the game. Yeah, I think I'm kind of tracking with Tim here. I'm more excited for Terex just because I feel like you get more benefit out of either side of his card. You know, for whatever that ends up being points-wise, just seems like worth the value more so than Malorus. I feel like I'm just going to get wrecked by Malorus. They're just, it's always going to come up damage for them, and I'm just <laughs> going to get buried by all that re-rolling. Well, now let's wait. Now, we do have one more named crew card here for the First Order. This one seems a lot more pedestrian because it doesn't uh, flip over. It doesn't flip. What's the cool point? Alternate. What, what are we even doing now? They've set a standard. Um, so this one is Commander Pyre. John, just real quick, what's the lore here? Who's Commander Pyre? Oh, I love this guy. Got really so shiny armor. Yeah, so he's basically second in command of Phasma. Um, which is why like they gave him gold armor instead of silver so he'd stand out a little bit. But uh, he's from the Resistance TV show, and he's pretty sweet. Okay. Cool, cool. Well, he's got an interesting ability. So he's just got to set up after placing forces, choose an enemy ship, it gains two stress tokens. And then it also has, while you defend, if the attacker is stressed, you may reroll one defense die. Okay, so how good is that first clause? Because in my head, not. It's good if you've got the um, other tech upgrade that allows you to deploy outside of the normal deployment zone. So you so can you just, just rush zoom in. up the board. Yeah, it's good with that. So like if you put, you know, if you've got this crew and then that upgrade on your Z and then maybe you put some silencers like up at range two or whatever and then they just fly forward and blast something. Um, I mean, because they're only going to get rid of one stress token, right? So there's a potential that you'll be able to get a shot on it while it has one of the tokens still right and if they don't have blue turns they might be kind of stuck there it seems weird to me though like the two separate seg like the two separate parts of this card seem like they're supposed to be connected but i feel like they're really not because like john if we go your route and we rush in to do damage what is what is your strategy here all right i gave you two stress tokens i'm gonna rush in really quick so i can roll better on defense like right that seems a little bit weird it is, but I mean, some people are into that weird stuff, Tim. Um, I, you know, I mean, I'm all in for that second line of text. Like, I think that's great. Yeah, I think that on its own is like, that would have been a fine ability for a crew card on its own. Because we, like, there are so few abilities in this game that let you reroll defensively. And so, especially on a ship like the Z class with two agility, like, one defensive reroll. If you get to trigger that a couple times in a round, that's really good. See, here's the thing, though, too, is with that setup ability, like, you know, regardless of what ship you're going against, it's locked out of doing an action for a turn, so it's not going to get a mod against you if you do get in there to get a shot on it. Even if that shot is range three, um, you know, your silencers or whatever can blast up in there, and, you know, if that's an A-wing at range three with no mods that's got a stress token still, like, I don't know, that's not bad. Like, it's better than not having a shot. There is, for um, ships that do depend on repositions early on for, like, the first couple rounds, this would actually be pretty crippling. Because, like, could you imagine being a Jedi Starfighter, like, trying to reposition early on using your Force? And you just don't get that for two turns, which really limits your options. 
Or could you imagine being another support ship that now can't support things because you have two stress tokens? Ooh, yeah. That would actually be pretty terrible. Yeah, actually, if I was in my resistance transport pod that has, like, zero blue maneuvers, this would be really <laughs> annoying. Or if you GG, threw good game. two stress on your opponent's lambda, and yeah. uh, that lambda's got a terrible dial and basically forces them to go straight. Well, they're just going to bump anyway. Yeah. If you run this against Carson while he's flying resistance and you throw them on his rows, he'll just concede the game to you right away. I might. Don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play this. I'm out. All right, we got more cards though, not just crew cards here. Uh, really interesting card design I wanted to talk about next. We have the automated target priority. Um, so this is a tech upgrade, and it's not specific to this ship or to the first order. It's just specific to initiative three or lower. I like the art on this one. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty cool. It's very Hoth feeling. Yeah, so yeah, and the art in here, it is very First Order themed, which like right away made me think it was a First Order only card, but it's really not. Um, Automated target priority reads, there's a decent amount of text on here, so buckle in. While you perform an attack, you must choose a defender at the closest valid attack range. After you perform an attack that missed, placed one calculate token on this card. Before you engage, you may remove one calculate token from this card to gain a matching token. There's that matching token thing again. Why? I just don't get it. (laughs) Is there something I'm not seeing, like some weird clause where if you, like, you know, removed a calculate token and then gave your ship a calculate token, like, wouldn't work? I just don't get it. I don't it. know. I'm, like, really bad with, like, rules text. Um, yeah. Like, it seems pretty straightforward to me, and I don't know why that needs to be there, but whatever. Get Paul I'm on here. He'll tell me. He'll like, explain it, and we'll all be bored. If he sings it, maybe I'll accept that. I mean, this seems powerful. You know, getting extra mods, calculate tokens are great. Um, and we know the first order likes to miss their shots a lot. So um, <laughs> wow. maybe this is actually just a first order card. Yeah, I mean, the price point on this one is everything, right? So depending on how expensive it is, I'm going to imagine it's going to be reasonably expensive um, because building up a stockpile of calculates on this card as modification later on f- seems pretty good. Well, how many shots but- are you planning on missing? Um, you know, when you're running the naked tie SFs, you do miss a lot of shots, honestly. Um, I can't see getting more than like two or three calculates on this card. You miss one hundred. You're gonna take of the them shots away. You don't take Carson. Um, like when you engage, like most turns, you're gonna snag that calculate token. Now the thing is, though, this thing would be this would be pretty clutch on a tie SF, like just the like the baseline thirty two point ones, because like you you move in for that first volley, oftentimes you don't hit, and then by the time you're blasting past the opponent and then shooting out the rear arc, like that's when you need the modification, and that would be a perfect moment to snag a target lock, get your calculate, and then just waste somebody. Right. This is also good with a ship that has Terex on it. Um, I mean, Tim, like this seems like your kind of card. I mean, I know you don't play anything that has initiative three or higher. <laughs> yeah, why bother? They're fine below that. And yeah, uh, like, like you know, focus fire, that's lame. We just want to shoot whatever's closest. Honestly, I do do that a lot. So um, maybe I should just take this card as well and get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, it just tells you how to play the game properly, right? Just shoot the closest defender, right? Well, when I have two attack dice ships, I'm more like just trying to deal damage. Um, I don't care where it goes. Yeah, so you know, if I have a range one shot, yeah, I'm going to take that. What do you think points-wise for this card, though? Three. 
You think three? I think it'll be higher than that. Really? I think it'll be four or five. Yeah. I don't know if it's that good. I mean, you are missing shots, and like they are on generics. So, like, how expensive do you want to make your generics? I don't know. If it's if it's three, I'll run it on everything. Four like, points. I think I really? Because like I feel I like you points. could spend three points and get like more modification than this with a like pilot ability, and you choose not to do that. No, you don't want pilot abilities. That makes people get clear targets, right? If they all don't have pilot abilities, they don't know who to shoot. Come on, Carson. Got him. <laughs> ladies, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. I don't think that was Silence. a good argument. That's why I was silent. I think it's a good argument if you're completely silent afterwards. All anyway, right. next tech card. Um, let's talk about the sensor. Boy, sweet. Um, yeah, we got a pretty good parallel for this card. I mean, so set up before you placing forces, place two sensor buoys. Uh, remotes beyond range two of any edge. Um, and then before you engage, you can acquire a lock on a ship at range zero to one of one of these sensor buoys, uh, ignoring range restrictions. So this one is unique. So you can, it's a single dot card. So you can only have one copy in your list, first order for medium and large base ships. Um, so I think this is pretty good. Um, it takes a little bit of setup. It's like the dank probes, but not quite as good. Well, you can't move them. That's part of it, right? And yeah. range zero to one is a pretty narrow band. I guess I haven't seen. Did they post a photo of what the buoys look like? I don't no. think so. But, I mean, it's really like, I mean, you only need to get that target lock for a key turn one time, right? So if you're setting up a munition strike, you only need that target lock once, maybe twice. Right. Well, and it's a cool way to block a lane potentially too. Where if, like, if your opponent knows that and they don't want to give you the free target lock, they're going to avoid wherever that sensor is. Yep. Um, so in that way, you could use it kind of like an obstacle to set up a lane, or make your penalize your opponent for choosing a lane with a buoy in it. I also don't think we know what happens like if you overlap the buoy or if you have to like shoot the buoy or whatever. Maybe there's some kind of effect there that we don't know about yet. Yeah, I mean. The probe droids have been like very powerful, very popular for munition setups. This feels really similar. Um, some nice differences here. You know, it's not even going to cost you an action to get that lock. It's just if you engage and there's someone in range, snag that lock. Downside is range zero to one. That might be a little difficult. You might not get that every game. So you can't count on it, but it's like a nice addition. And really does, I think, impose a lot of control against your opponent um, just by, yeah, denying part of the map because no one wants to end up there. I wonder if this is going to lead to a trend in X-Wing where we see more devices being used, like non-bomb devices. Because um, I think that would actually kind of fundamentally change the game. If we started to have more of these setup abilities that you had to take into play, it would start to feel a little bit more like a scenario mode, right? Where, all right, I'm going to set out my buoys and you're going to set out your sensor relays or whatever yeah as long as they don't all move around um then that's fine like the probe droids moving around does kind of slow down the pace of the game a bit yeah we don't need more of that that's fine buzz droids too no more of that <laughs> these are just wholesome buoys all right we've talked enough about upgrade cards let's look real quick at the uh, pilot card options here for the z class um so on the baseline, you got your first order courier with a really sweet piece of art. It's beautiful. Initiative two generic pilot. This thing's awesome. 
Um, moving up, though, the initiative line, we've got initiative three, Agent Terex. So here we see um, a really cool ability that's tied to your TIE Fighters. So setup, after placing forces, choose any number of your equipped illicit upgrades and equip them to friendly TIE FO or TIE SF fighters. Each ship can be assigned only one illicit this way. And then it has the end of game header, which I don't know if we've seen that before, where it says return all illicit upgrades to their original ships. Yeah, I don't understand isn't there a scum ability that's like that though isn't it like a uh, visago cicatro visago isn't his ability oh does that like have the an same end of thing game header i bet you you're right it's a similar ability i don't know if it's got that same title but i think and i think that might be epic only as well but it's a similar similar ability i feel like they should just have in the rules document at the end of the game like all cards you know go back to where they started and that they don't have to print this on every pilot card like yeah, so, uh, that just that seems like some terrible too. housekeeping on their part <laughs> it like that's the part of it like i'm not confused by it i just feel like that would already be part of the rules is that okay the cards go back to whatever ships had them because it's also it seems weirdly specific to the tournament environment right right because if you were playing just like table like kitchen table x-wing like you wouldn't need that line of text because the players would presumably be building different squads and trying different stuff out yeah it almost makes it more confusing i'm just having that there like wait if that wasn't there like would they stay there uh the ability on its own though is interesting it does imply that at least maybe the ship but at least agent Terex has multiple illicit upgrades that you can pass out to tie fo's or um, SFs. And, and, or SFs, which is also cool. Um, how do you guys feel about seeing specific ship models named on cards? Like, it kind of reminds me of what we're seeing with the Ada 2 coming out where it has specific pilots on there. Um, so that's going to kind of always limit this ship to those options. Not that there's, like, not a lot of those TIFO or TIFSF options, but I think it's kind of interesting because it's kind of a built-in list-building restriction. I'm yeah. here for it. Um, I like it. I mean, the first order doesn't have that many ships, so it doesn't feel that restricting. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it is perhaps good to limit it. They could have just said two attack dice because you don't want to be passing elicits off to silencers or um, upsilons, right? I mean, a TIE SF, though, could functionally have three attack dice, right? This is true. Now, what? okay, so if you're passing something off to a uh, Special Forces gunner quick draw, what illicit are we passing? Contraband cybernetics. That one's pretty good. Yeah, that was actually my first thought. Too. Inertial Absolutely. dampeners. <laughs> I'm going to burn that oh, shield. Oh, how does... Yeah. I saw someone bring that up. How yep. does it work? It says lose a shield, right? What does it say for quick draw's ability? I think the consensus of judges right now is it won't trigger, but... Um, it would be nice to have Fancy Flight make a statement on that. This is what... See, sometimes judges make me sad. Does that make you sad? I feel like that makes me feel relieved because that seems silly to have Quick Draw just quick stop draw, there and shoot people. <laughs> and shoot. That seems fun, though. Does it? <laughs> Maybe no. not. Anyway. <laughs> moving up the line, though, another returning pilot with a new ability, Gideon Hask, now showing up in the first order at Initiative 4. Um, while you or a friendly small ship at range 0-2 to two performs a primary attack against a damaged defender, if the attacker rolled two or fewer attack dice, it may gain a strain token to roll one additional attack die. I like this ability. I'm just happy I recognize this pilot. 
Uh, very wordy ability, similar to Gideon's old ability over on the Imperial side in the TIE Fighter where you uh, Gideon would roll an extra attack die when attacking a damaged defender. Here it's got a little more criteria, but it does apply to friendly small base ships, which is kind of cool. Right, which is interesting because it's not going to apply to itself, right? Because, uh, you know, Tim, this is not a small base ship. Uh, but Carson, if you just read that first line of text where it says, well, you or a friendly small ship uh, uh, performs mm, a primary attack. The or. Get wrecked. All right. <laughs> got him again. Got him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Checkmate. him. Checkmate. This is awesome then. It's even better. <laughs> yeah, seem, I mean, seems like a solid ability just on its own. Not going to do you much work at range one, but if you're depleted, that'll help, right? Yeah, seems great. I mean, you know, one thing we got to keep in mind here you know, this thing is a coordinate platform also. So as you go up an initiative, like that becomes more useful. Um, and oh, so yeah. Higher, of course yeah. this is a great ability, um, but we're also, you know, partially taking Gideon for that initiative for coordinate or jam. If we really want to have a lot of information, we can go up to initiative five with commander Malaris, the vindictive taskmaster. I love these little titles. What a great addition. Malaris's ability, while a friendly ship at range 0 to 2 performs a primary attack, if it has one or more blank results, that ship must gain one strain token to reroll one blank result, if able. Okay, so this is pretty great. I mean, I was pretty in for that ability on the crew card, and here we have a wider range. It is a must. Yeah, strain's not great, but whatever. Your TIE Fighters have an extra shield, so you'll be fine. This one's also not limited to the TIE-FO and TIE-SF either, right. like the other ones are. Yeah, so this could just go on anyone, which, I mean, a reroll on any ship, that's pretty clutch. It's also a super wide range. Um, obviously, you're going to be limited by the initiative that you're shooting at, so if Commander Mallers is the first one shooting any roll of blank, you're forced to just use the ability then. Oh, but it works for everybody. Wait. Yeah, no, it's oh not limited yeah. to number of ships. Like that's nope. that's why this ability is like so cool. Whereas the card one, you know, it, you get to do it until you miss, right? Um, here, you kind of have to do it. Yeah, I don't know why I read it that way. That's really interesting. But you know, you get that strain. But like, that's still awesome. I mean, just having a whole swarm of Tie Fighters just basically, you know, get like a Hal Runner effect at range zero to two. I really hope, though, if everyone's getting strain uh, to reroll those blanks, I really hope they kill a couple things because that's going to be really sad on return fire when you just eat a bunch of damage. Well, what if you have a bunch of low initiative ships? Their ships have already shot, um, and now you get a return fire, and then you know FOs have a bunch of blue maneuvers to clear that strain the next turn. Or if you're arc dodging with silencers. Also, yeah, that doesn't matter at that point, I guess. <laughs> All right, so of these four pilots that we see here, it, let's say you guys are building your uh, first order squad and you have to use one of these. Which pilot are you building with? Uh, I'm going Malrus. Like, that seems awesome. Um, unless it's, like, dramatically more expensive. Um, I, I feel like I'm polar. I'm either on for first order courier, like I just want to put some crew in there, uh, or get that awesome pilot ability with Malrus. See, I'm all in on Gideon Hask here. I feel like that would line up with my strategy of just spamming a bunch of generic TIE SFs. So being able to get that extra attack die on the ships when I need it, that seems pretty good. Well, then I'm glad I'm in on Terex. We each picked a different one. <laughs> oh, good job, us. Hey, John, just remember at the end of the game to put all your illicits back in the original ships. 
Yeah, John, yes. if you could just remember to do that. Yeah. Just to make sure. I will. I'll set All an right, alarm. Thank you. <laughs> and it's actually it's a rule. You have to put them back on the respective pilot cards before you put the pilot cards just back in your box too. So kind of Oh of course. Like, of course, of course. Yeah. Just to make sure. It'd make too much sense if it was done any other way. <laughs> All right, so that's our look at the uh, the cards coming out in the Z-Class Shuttle, which is going to be releasing in just a few weeks here, end of the month, which is pretty uh, pretty soon, getting the rest of the first half of Wave 7 as well. Um, it looks like we've unfortunately run out of time to talk about the half-spoiled uh, quick-build card for the Lat Gunship, so we'll have to save that. You never and just wanted dedicate to talk all of, about that anyway. All of next week's episode just dedicated to that card. Maybe we'll get a preview article before then, but we'll see. It's pretty optimistic of you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. If you like the show, please go on to facebook.com slash Radio TCX and like our Facebook page. If you like listening to the show, please consider going on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review saying what you liked and why you think other people should listen. If you want to support the show directly, please consider going on to patreon.com slash Radio TCX and becoming a supporter of the show today. It really means so much to us. And thank you to everyone who's already been supporting the show. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. It's a